Are you guys with us? We know you are. So here's how you can help. First, share this podcast with your friends. We can't grow without you. Second, go to www.dmwpodcast.com and check out our merch site. I guarantee we have some great stuff that you're going to love. And your purchase helps support the show. Lastly, keep on leaving positive reviews and follow on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Deadman Walking Podcast. As always, we appreciate your prayers as we continue to bring glory to God. Okay, ready? Yeah. Exploring theology, doctrine, and all of the fascinating subjects in between, broadcasting from an undisclosed location, Dead Men Walking starts now. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dead Men Walking. I'm Greg. And I'm Jason. (laughs) <laughs> and if you heard a sniff in the intro there, that's Jason battling some uh, allergies. My allergies are just going crazy right now. Really? Yeah. Well, what's going on? We don't have cottonwood or uh, anything like that. Like, what do you get? I don't know. I'm 39 and, you know, it just starts happening. It's all downhill from here, Greg. You <laughs> that's know just this. the excuse now. Anytime anything happens, you're like, ah, I'm 39. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. Well, yeah. I hope you get better there. You're fighting some stuff. So. Yeah, it's good. I, I promise. I'm uh, I'm okay. Um, yeah. I don't want to bring up what's going on in the world right now. The uh, the, the disease that is out there. Um, right. I do not have that. But, uh, but so, yeah, the yeah, allergies so, are, are good. So episode warning: if we hear some sneezing, some sniffing, yeah, uh, some coughing, it's not the COVID. It's not the COVID. It's the allergies. It's the allergies. Wow. Capital A. Well, I hope you hope you get through, man. Those, that's rough. I've never I've never had allergies. Serious, but I have friends that have it, and it can get bad. I used to have to get two shots every week in my arm. Well, in in both arms. Yeah, I have two. Really, arms. I have two arms. They're huge. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, two uh, two shots in each arm for years, and then uh, after a while, I guess I was okay. But here we are, thirty nine years old, and might have to go back. They wore off. Yeah, definitely. After twenty five years, right, right. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, I've been pretty blessed with that. Mm-hmm. Like, my brother gets really bad poison ivy. Mm. I mean, he even looks at it. He gets it. I can rub it on myself. I don't get it. Serious. Uh, never had allergies. Uh, only been sick maybe two times my whole life. No, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, one of unicorn. Them, what are one, you, unicorn? One something? of them was uh, last December. Not last December 19, but December of 18. Mm. I had, uh, I thought I just had a cough, but then I was like walking up the stairs and I couldn't breathe. Mm. And I had to lay down for 20 minutes just to get up the stairs. And at that point, two weeks in, my wife's like, maybe you should go to the doctor. And I was yeah. like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll get over it, you know? Yeah. And I went to the man thing to do right there. Yeah, it kind of was. It was like, I can work through it. You know how you get rid of sickness? You work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. You know know what what guys usually do? They're like, yeah, I'm fine. Then we go in the bathroom. We're like, oh, gosh. Yeah, no, I was doing that. (laughs) So then when I was like sleeping for 10 hours a day, you know, uh, my wife said, maybe you should go to the doctor. And I Mm -hmm. went to the doctor and he was like, whoa, like a couple more days to be hospitalized for full blown pneumonia. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, so he gave me a steroid shot and a, some an- antibiotics and a Z pack. I think it's really? called. Yeah. And I tell you what, man, within a day I started feeling better. Hmm. Came right back out of it in three or four days, and that was nice. the. I'd never really experienced that though. I just thought, I mean, I'm getting common colds and stuff. Right, but I mean, right. like you know, lay in bed like sick. Yeah, maybe twice. Yeah, my whole life. So I've been blessed in that aspect to where I do get nosebleeds though when the weather changes. Really? Pressure in the air, get a hmm. nosebleed. Like yeah, I'm... the next week or two is in Michigan here as it goes from 
you know, a warm front to a cold front. Mm-hmm. I suffer with a few of those, but that's no big deal. Only time I get uh, nosebleeds is when I get punched in the face. <laughs> really? What's so funny about that? No, I'm joking. I, uh, <laughs> I <didn't. laughs> just made it super awkward. You did, because no, I'm just... not even allowed to laugh at your joke, your fu- your funny dad joke. I don't even know if it's a dad joke. No, but, no I don't. Uh, that was a little morbid. Sorry. I think once you get over a certain age, all corny jokes are just dad jokes. Everything's funny. I mean, I laugh yeah. all the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what else is going on? Anything new? Um, Not really. I heard there was an earthquake. Yeah, we had an earthquake today <laughs> in Monroe <laughs> County, Michigan. What is that about? 3.4 on the Richter scale happened about, oh, just five, six hours ago. Oh, no, less than that. About four huh. hours ago. What I was, was driving work? from Monroe. Did you uh, feel Michigan? it? No, no. Oh. I, well, I felt my car kind of swerve back and forth, but I think that was just me driving oh. my FJ Cruiser. <laughs> it's got those big oversized mud tires on it, so oh. it's not exactly, you know, with a lift yeah, kit. Yeah. So it's not exactly a smooth driving car. Yeah. But uh, my sister, she lives in downtown Monroe, and she called me and said, oh, yeah, the whole house felt like a Seriously? felt like a wave. She was, you know. That's crazy. And it was all over social Have media. Have you read locally. Matthew 24? You know what this means? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, earthquakes and wars and rumor of wars. There are rumors of war, too. Yeah. Well, it's really scary because a lot of people don't even realize, but Michigan is on a big fault line. Huge fault line. Runs right through the city of Detroit. Okay. And they basically discovered it when they started putting in the salt caves that are underneath the city of Detroit. A lot of people don't know this either, but there Uh are thousands of miles of tunnels and caves that would come up into, like, uh, Edison's mansion and um, really? uh, the CEO of GM. And they, they basically were mining salt back in the day and they turned them into kind of like secret passages huh. for a while. They're still there. Did they're all blocked off, but they're still there. Gotcha. Get in big trouble if you try to get into them. Huh. But the fault line was discovered and it's really scary. If you actually had a big, like a seven or 8.0 on the Richter scale in Michigan, half of Michigan would be underwater because of the Great Lakes. Huh. Uh, I mean, we have a super high water table here obviously with having five great lakes around us yeah you know um we have 40 percent of the world's fresh water in our five lakes Mm -hmm. so that kind of gives you an idea of how big they are right and um yeah if something ever happened where you know when earth decided to uh, to shift here yeah went over to lake erie today actually and uh the water was pretty rough yeah so i don't know if you know it was still feeling the effects of what was going on or i don't think 3.4 is big enough and yeah. I think it was on land. It wasn't underneath the lake. Gotcha. And it would have to be pretty big yeah, to move yeah. that much water. Yeah. You know, like the tsunami in, uh, where was it, yeah, India Thailand. or Indonesia or Thailand or, back yeah, in 04? Yeah. I think yeah. that was like an 8.4. That's a pretty big one yeah, where a whole tectonic plate shifts and then right. it's pushing all that water towards shore. You remember shore. Japan? Japan. That was, uh, that was a little uh, sooner. Yeah. Or when was that, like five Sometime or around. eight years ago maybe? I can't remember now. I'm getting old. Yeah, it all runs together. But yeah, no matter what, the Bible says uh, the Lord is with us, mm-hmm. right? Amen. Do not fear, Amen. as David said, Psalm 27, 1, mm-hmm. for I am your Lord. God is sovereign. Absolutely. Uh, and I put my trust in him no matter what, no Amen. matter if we're having uh, earthquakes in Michigan, which is unheard of. Right. In the middle of the country. You know, we should have started the series with an with the S. What's the S? Sovereign. Oh. <laughs> so stulip. Stulip. I know. Six you're re- points. You're really pushing that. <laughs> I, really, I really think we should. Because we should add that in. The, the stulip. Uh, <laughs> because, well, you know, the other five points uh-huh. kind of encapsulate the S. Right. 
You know, or you could just, I don't know why we just couldn't end it at the end and say two lips. Two lips. I don't know. No, you like, you like like stulip better. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it starts with the sovereignty of God, everything, you know? Well, that's a good segue because we're on episode four out of our five series Mm -hmm. going through tulip T U L I P. We've already covered the T, the U and the L. And tonight we're on the I, which is irresistible Irresistible grace. grace. Right. So you want to jump into that? Yeah, Um, I would probably say the first thing like we normally do on this podcast is read the, I don't know, I guess the generally known definition Mm -hmm. of what we're talking about. So I'm going to read a little definition here. It says, irresistible grace means that when God moves to save a person, the sinner cannot successfully resist God's gracious will upon him and he will be regenerated or saved. The term unfortunately suggests a mechanical and coercive force upon an unwilling subject, but irresistible grace does not mean that a person cannot resist God's grace throughout his life. Instead, irresistible grace is the gracious act of God where at the time of salvation, God regenerates a person, which then means that the person will willingly of his own free will receive and trust in Christ. It means that the person cannot successfully resist the act of God's regeneration or salvation. It is not a violation of their will since the person is changed. And because of it, the person willingly trusts in Christ. And that is a definition uh, that I found on karm.org. Matt Slick runs that site and he gives uh, pretty good definitions. Yeah, of some diff- really good stuff of different, yeah. um, you know, theological and doctrinal terms. So, a shout out to Matt and letting us use uh, Carm. I want to give credit where credit's due. That yeah. was not my definition, right? But um, so, irresistible grace uh, stands in juxtaposition or in opposition of. Let's make sure we say it right because before we, we were saying it wrong. Prevenient, prevenient grace. grace. Yes, which says that there's a grace that was kind of always there, mm-hmm. Wesley made this really popular um, and that every person has a modicum of grace within them to essentially see the light, so to speak, and to choose God Mm -hmm. to where irresistible grace um, goes hand in hand with the tea and tulip, which is total depravity that says we do not have the means to choose God, that God must choose us uh, and must uh, save us. And he does that through irresistible grace. So when God shows himself to us, gives us the faith, the gift of faith to uh, repent and believe in him and changes our will to uh, align with his will, which is also biblical. I mean, this is how Jesus taught us to pray. Uh, That that is such an awesome and holy and righteous thing that it can't be resisted. That mere man can't resist that type of grace. Mm -hmm. And so when you're working through TULIP and you're going total depravity, unconditional election, um, limited atonement, limited atonement, and then boom, you get to irresistible grace. This letter kind of talks about the process of salvation mm-hmm. under the Calvinistic or reformed or the doctrines of grace, uh, type of theology. Right. So did you, uh, I don't know. Do you want to jump into some Bible verses that kind of speak to irresistible grace? Yeah, we could totally do that. Or did we want to talk about uh, what it means to you or what your thoughts are on it? I mean, yeah, you know, I you mean, know we, this podcast is a conversation, exactly. so let's, yeah. let's do I whatever mean, we, you want to do. We could. How about we start in uh, Ezekiel 36, 24. Um, Ooh, pulling out Zeke the, dog. Let's, let's, go, let's go back to the old, old Testament for all y'all. 
You said Ezekiel what, 36? 36, 24. Yeah. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of of flesh. Mm. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Yeah, and I, I mean, within tulip here we're seeing the harmony of the trinity you know sure i mean it's the father gives to the son the son you know uh maintains maintains uh you know becomes a sacrifice and then you know the holy spirit applies sure what is given to him in us you know it's a beautiful thing and it's yeah it's it's amazing to see but just just within these verses right here i mean heart of stone to a heart of flesh and i know that that's something that the reformed community usually talks about but it's it makes so much sense sure you know i mean once you start looking at some of these verses and especially if you guys want to go to ezekiel 36 and kind of do your own study wait a um, minute you mean reformed people use bible verses to back I up know, their theology right? yeah exactly for the shame re- reformed reformed teaching may have kind of kind of started around you know 500 years ago but it actually started when the bible was written <laughs> yeah <laughs> like all the all the bible verses that we use um yeah aren't from uh john calvin's personal collection of uh, <laughs> right. what he uh what well, I mean, he ascribes you go, to. You, you go all the way back to like uh deuteronomy 36 where it says moreover the lord your god will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants mm-hmm to to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul so that you may live. So all of you and your descendants, right. God's doing the circumcising. Yeah. So from the very beginning in the first five books of the Bible, we're already seeing this kind of sovereignty, this, you know, when you just read Ezekiel 36, it didn't say, um, you know, God will ask you if you want a new heart. And then mm-hmm. if you accept him, he'll give you a heart of flesh and take out your heart of stone. Right. He's making a truth statement there. God is going to do this and I'm going to do that. Yeah. Right? Right. So we see a lot of that. Um, But if we go back to, we can jump over to the New Testament. I'll give you a couple of mine that I love that I think really kind of exemplify the irresistible grace. So John Mm -hmm. 1, 12 and 13, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. So first he's giving the right, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, so not mine or your will, mm-hmm. nor of the will of man, but of God. So of God's will, they were given that, uh, they were uh, born to believe. Right. James uh, 1, 18, in the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. Mm. So in the exercise of whose will? His will. His will. Through, through his grace, his irresistible grace i might add right john 5 21 for just as the father raises the dead and gives them life even so the son also gives life to whom he wishes Mm. so the son gives life to whom he wishes just as the father does now we know that's true because the father the son the holy spirit are harmonious in Mm -hmm. all that they do Mm -hmm. and i think this goes back to your point that you were just saying a couple minutes ago these these doctrines of grace so nicely show the harmonious nature of all three persons right. in the Trinity and the Godhead working together. Yeah. It's, it's really a beautiful it's, thing. Yeah, it really is. Um, uh, I, I had a few 
1 John 5, 1, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. Um, and then 1 John 2, 29, If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. So that may go into a conversation of, uh, you know, what if what if I get saved when I'm... 20 and then you know i'm on fire for 10 years and then all of a sudden i fall away into yeah. apostasy and then you know i'm I'm, and then i end up dying or something you know where do i go yeah you know is it is it all of a sudden i'm no longer i no longer have my salvation you know losing salvation keeping salvation well, you know does well, that go into that conversation as well stay with us we'll be right back This episode is brought to you by Covenant Real Estate. And why not? It's my podcast and my real estate company. But seriously, I've absolutely enjoyed helping clients buy, sell, and invest in real estate over the last 12 years. My brokerage serves clients in Michigan and Ohio, with more states coming soon. When I started this brokerage, I wanted to ensure that my expertise and knowledge would serve every one of my clients. I take my fiduciary responsibility to my clients very seriously. That's why I named it Covenant Real Estate. Not only is a covenant a contract in the legal sense, but it's also a solemn promise from myself to each of my clients. I will do my absolute best to serve you. It's also pretty cool that our name has some theological implications as well, which is a great conversation starter. And here's the best part. My agents and I have extensive experience in helping people buy and sell residential homes, buy and sell commercial properties, as well as investing in real estate and selling and purchasing recreational and vacant land. Covenant Real Estate can help you with all of your real estate needs, and I would love the opportunity to earn your business. So if you have real estate needs in Michigan or Ohio, call me at 734-731-GREG. That's 734-731-GREG. Or click on the link in the description of this podcast episode you're listening to right now. Remember, Covenant Real Estate. Confidence from contract to close. Well, when I hear language like that, mm-hmm. I get so sad of how works-based salvation has seeped into Christianity mm-hmm. and evangelicalism and even Protestant, you know, denominations of Protestantism too. American. What you're base, what, well, yeah, and, and globally too, <laughs> yeah. a lot in America though. Because yeah. what you're saying is, is just listen to what you just said. You yeah. said, "Oh, I get saved and I'm on fire." Right. So you're talking about on fire means some types of good works, strange possibly. Fire. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, you're talking about some type of good works. Uh-huh. And then I backslide. Well, what does that mean? Now I'm doing bad works or right. sinning, right. Right? right? So just from that uh, paradigm, you're, you're essentially basing your salvation on what works you do. Mm-hmm. You're saying, oh, I did some good stuff, but then I, was, I did some bad stuff. I was stuff. reading my so, Bible. I was mm-hmm, going mm-hmm. to church on the Sabbath. I was, yeah, yeah X, when Y, it, and Z. When, yes a true alive faith as james says produces good works mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. a dead faith does not produce works but works does not one save right <laughs> right right so when we look at that and we say oh i'm doing good stuff but then i backslide and, and you know and then if i die where i'm where am i going uh one i would say john piper does a really nice job of when he's talking about suicide now in no way is he endorsing suicide but he's saying he was essentially saying what then please tell me what one sinful act I can do to pull me away from the love of God. What is it, right? Um, And he gives an example of 
if can someone commit suicide and be in heaven? And he says, yes, absolutely. Because the last sinful act you do on earth does not, has nothing, to, has do, nothing yeah. to do with the covenant that God made with you when he saved you. That's a okay? seventh day Adventist. Uh, <laughs> Is it theology? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. They're just like, there's no assurance. I, sure. I think you talked with uh, yep. Jeff about, wait, Jeff, John, sorry. Theocracy. Oh yeah. Uh, Yep. Yeah, he uh, he may have actually brought that up, or maybe because there is no assurance. Else. There's no assurance. Yeah, you know, you're just yeah. You, I mean, you, that's you, why the Catholic I Church. Hope I make it. The Catholic know? Church has mortal sins, right? If you're if you're doing one of those mortal sins or yeah. have not been forgiven of one of those mortal right, sins right. and die, you will not see the Lord. Yeah, you're not in good yeah. standing, right? right? So you can lose your salvation. Right. This is where we differ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say 99 percent of Protestants differ with Catholics on this. There's a few Protestants that still hold to those sacraments mm-hmm. and mortal sins, but for the most part, that's one of the things that really separated us from the Catholic Church was uh, justification by faith alone faith. and not by works. And there wasn't one sin that was greater than the other that could you know keep keep you out of eternal uh salvation right um now different sins have different consequences here on earth the bible is very clear on that right um our whole legal system is based on a biblical uh thing of eye for an eye meaning crime fit the punishment Mm -hmm. you're you're going if if you um you know murder someone versus you know steal a candy bar right under our legal system that sin has different consequences when you break the law and when i say the law i'm talking about you know the law of man actual civil yeah civil law um but as for there's a certain sin or a certain period of time that uh that i am sinning for that makes me lose my salvation i mean we're kind of getting into a preview of next week's episode in p and perseverance Mm -hmm. of the saints yeah uh, because we're going to talk about that a lot yeah because that's what it has to do with but i think when i look at the bible and when i read it i see nowhere that it says that there is a certain act that i can do that causes christ's blood to no longer be effective does that make sense as the um what about we blaspheming the holy spirit well i think there's some different uh thoughts on blaspheming the holy spirit uh First of all, I would probably say if you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit, I don't know if you were ever saved to begin with. Right. Um, and I would say that for a lot of things. And I think some people think that's like a reformed cop out. Well, he was never really saved. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of people that believe in Jesus. Many but are have called, not... few are chosen. Right. I mean, Satan believes in Jesus. Right. He knew he, he had a head knowledge of who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. Bow before me and I'll give you everything in this the kingdom that's been right. given to me. He wanted him to submit him. Jesus. He wanted Jesus to submit to him right. because he knew who Jesus was. Yeah. So just to simply say, I have a head knowledge of Jesus. And this also gets into, you know, even some of my friends in the reformed community where we think, Oh, well, I read a lot of theology books and doctrine books and I can quote this guy and that right. guy and this church father. And I follow this guy and I know a lot about God, yeah. but do you know the spirit of God. Right. Are you living daily? You live it out and live that out. I think that's a big difference. Yeah, so, and that and that go that ties into this First John two twenty nine. If you know that He is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of Him. Boom. You know. So right there's a good measuring stick, right? Right. Right. Yeah, and like I said, we can. I mean, you want to talk about this in length? I would say any of our listeners just go read James. Such a mm. gorgeous yeah. picture of. Faith, works, and how they work together. Now, you know, my Catholic brothers might uh, interpret that a little bit differently. Right. And they say, see, works are needed for faith because you got to have works with faith. Uh, But when you read it in the full context of in James, he goes through and multiple times just says, 
is basically saying, look, I'll show you uh, my alive faith with works, and you're going to show me a dead faith if it doesn't have works. Faith produces works. Pretty sure that's yeah. James one twenty six. I'm not sure. No, that's not right. You, you'll know if I don't know the specific uh, chapter or verse because I will not say it. If I yeah, know yeah. it, I'll say it. I'll just say James or I'll say, I'll know it's in like the second chapter yeah. and I'll say chapter two, you know. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not write his tongue. No, that's not it. No. Okay. Still good though. My apologies. I'm, yeah, You James never have to apologize about reading the Bible on exactly, or yeah. James for that matter. And that's what I like about this podcast too is we're not just spouting off a bunch of, you know, stuff that we're just coming up with. Yeah, you know, this is this, we're reading verses and sure. trying to be faithful to the text. Yeah, you know, this isn't uh, and still know. learning. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Because I've never, exactly. I, I never have arrived. Yeah, yeah, no. You know, gosh, no. And it's yeah. I mean, the the word is alive, and you will you will learn from it daily. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say. Um, I mean, maybe we can get back. We can get back to irresistible grace, or do you want to stay on the uh, yeah. backsliding thing? I, I thought like you had something to say there when we mm. were talking about. No, no, no. no. I I know. threw you a softball, and <laughs> I knew you're gonna hit it out of the park. And I hit it. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. It was good. No, I mean we could go through John 11 as well. I mean, go, go uh, through John 11, and then I want to read First Peter. Yeah, go go ahead. Uh, John 11 is extremely long. If you wanna. Okay, First Peter 1, 3, one of my favorites. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Mm. And then even on the back of that, Colossians 2, 13, when you were dead in your transgressions, little shout out to the name of the show here, Dead Men Walking, <laughs> when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he... He made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions. So a lot of verses there showing God being the author of salvation and that grace being irresistible. When God chooses to save and shows you that grace, you know, I liken it to basically, and we've talked about this before, is the book of Job. Uh Uh, You know, who are you, O man, to open your mouth? Right. I kind of feel that way about God's grace. Yep. Now, within the, these doctrines of grace, there's other types of grace, uh, like a common grace, common. and we've kind of touched on that in other episodes. Um, you know, the Bible says even nature itself is a type of common grace right. that reflects God's glory. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that you have um, a, a, an a, a ecosystem, and you have rain, and you have sun, and you have shelter, and you have ways to find food all these things are even a common type of grace mm-hmm. meaning you don't even have to be a believer and you can still and take the part. sun will come up tomorrow and the sun will come up tomorrow tomorrow <laughs> bet your bottom dollar wait what song is that i tomorrow. thought you were going into annie tomorrow tomorrow i think that's the There's same song isn't there tomorrow is it you're only a day away. Oh, wow. Listen to that vibrato. Tomorrow. Okay, it feels like it's just me and you in the studio. It's getting a little weird, man. He was looking right in my eyes when he was doing that. Gosh, I got creeped out a little bit. But a good voice. Uh, thank you. Did you thank si- you. Did you sing in your band at all? I sang backup. backup. I was BGVs, man. Because that was the... that was, that was I could I could put my head down, look at the guitar, yeah. and then look up and go... And then go back down. <laughs> when you when you guys were doing Michael Jackson covers, yeah. you were the. <laughs> <laughs> you the were the Bee Gees uh, in there. Yeah, who's wait? Uh, uh, what is it? Barry Gibb. 
Who's the? Yeah, yeah, yeah from Bee Gees. Is that it? Was uh-huh. that the lead yeah, singer? Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, you had a little. Man, they had some good songs. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that, but uh, you said Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's favorite Group? band. Was I'm it? I'm pretty sure was the Bee Gees. Yeah. Yeah, one of his top. Oh, that kind of makes sense. Man, they were so good. I never really got into them. Oh, no. Yeah. Man, I, I mean, I grew up on the oldies and stuff, so was it was say, like, I, I mean, they were, yeah, they I, had I so many hits. Pretty legalistic, like tight, like so can't listen to but it was only secular on music. <laughs> oh, no, this is every day. <laughs> this is every day. So I missed out on a lot of that stuff. When I started getting in my teenage years, I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah. what is all this music? <laughs> You mean there's there's more to life than Rich Mullins and than Carmen pianos, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I can't. I can't say any more about that. I feel bad about <laughs> no. the last episode. <laughs> um, okay, back to irresistible grace. Yeah, um, something that everyone uh, most most reformed will would bring up is the uh, or maybe not. I don't know the Lazarus discussion. Mm. You know, from John eleven, um, sure, uh, where. Uh, Lazarus is in the tomb and and Christ comes up and says, you know, Lazarus Lazarus come forth and mm-hmm. uh Lazarus didn't just uh stay in there and go, "No. No thanks. I'm not I'm doing it. I'm staying in here. <laughs> That's my <laughs> choice." Right? You know, he he came out because Christ called him, you know. Sure. Um so yeah, From irresistible death. grace. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. When, Total depravity. When uh when Jesus tells you to do something or command something, it gets done. Gets done. Because he is the son of God. Right. Did you see my Instagram post that said Lazarus was the only woke Christian? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. Woke? Woke? <laughs> said I hate to break it to some of y'all, that's but Lazarus right. was the only woke qu- Christian. Yeah, right. oh. And that's you can go... What, that's what you think, Greg. You can go to Dead Men Walking Instagram yeah, right. for more of those witty Amazing memes. Because as we know, Jason doesn't read the Bible. He just reads memes. And that's where he gets his doctrine in theology. Dude. I'm just kidding. I mean, it's so it is so funny. I sprinkle so many memes into my theological uh learning. I mean, it's yeah, it's fun. I mean ref tunes. We talk ref tunes. Yeah. um, Right. Some good stuff there. But uh all right, moving on. Pressing pressing on. Here we go, guys. Yeah, so I guess for me when I read through when I, you know, read through the Bible and have read through the Bible over the last well, I grew up in a Christian home, so mm-hmm. since I could read, I remember reading the Bible when I was 5, so okay. 34 years. Mr. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it was far <laughs> from perfect. I tell people all the time, I said the sinner's prayer when I was 7 and I got saved at 24. Yeah, right. So, you know, take what you will from that. Yep. But I never even as a young kid uh and even a teenager i i i I wasn't given the terms of uh you know irresistible grace Mm -hmm. and prevenient grace but i i never saw and it just didn't make sense to me that there was like this grace inside of me or this thing inside of me that i could eventually choose god it felt like Mm. uh it was something god did for me even even as like a a young kid and i didn't even know the theology behind Mm -hmm. that you know Mm -hmm. That's why when I stumbled onto Reformed theology in my mid-20s, I was like, where has this been all yeah, my life? right. Like, what? This is explaining everything, all the doubts and all the confusion and all of the kind of so-called contradictions and what I've been taught versus mm-hmm. what the Bible says. And when I saw that in my mid-20s and then basically wrestled with it for, geez, probably a good six or seven years of like, 
what is this? Okay, am I am, am I this now, or is this a real thing? Is this heretical? Is this right? Right. And and the more I read the word, and then would read a book, and then read more of the word, and then listen to a debate, and then read the word, and then you know read a newsletter, and then read the word, and read another book, and it just started coming together right. to me to where when I finally was introduced about three or four years later, so like probably 29 or 30 into the doctrines of grace, I went, oh my gosh, this all makes sense right. to me. This makes spiritual sense, biblical sense, mm-hmm. logical sense, right? And there's so many texts that you can pull for sure. each point. Sure. You know, it's it's not just we're, we're picking and choosing. Right. You know, like we have a lot of verses, like we could probably go through even more than we're reading right now. Sure for irresistible grace this isn't just a you know let's pull this verse and make something up this is yeah you know uh that's i think that's a distinction too because you know reformed theology or calvinistic view isn't it it's sometimes by non-reformed or non-calvin it, it, uh, calvinistic people it seems like it's a sect within christianity mm-hmm. when in fact it's been there since the, the the founding you know since the disciples in the right. in the founding fathers of of our faith and i think that makes the distinction you get you, sometimes you can get a denomination i have this big book big thick book it's 500 pages and it said and it's all every, well as of 2018 there's more mm-hmm. now every denomination and essentially ministry registered in the united states are you serious and it tells the denomination when it was founded by who how many adherents it has its core beliefs right so it's a reference book yeah and you can literally just thumb through it it has everything in there from seventh day advents Uh to uh i was just looking at it 20 minutes before you came over and i just happened to flip it open and they had ligander ministries in there oh because it's a technical ministry rc stroll started Uh this year 1971 and i was reading through it yeah so from ministry to denomination and sometimes you'll read and you know the blurb will be four paragraphs and that's the whole denomination and it was like well henry believed everything that job believed in in the second reformed first church of christ kelvin southern baptist except (laughs) they did not like that ushers greeted before the service (laughs) so he went off and started and you're like own church and people followed him yeah and you know and it's like and he (laughs) And he quoted the one scripture that says, you shall sit in the sanctuary (laughs) when the Lord thy God, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, one verse taken out of context. This guy started a whole denomination, (laughs) you know, and he's got, you know, 129 people hanging in there since 1945 and it's still a denomination and they're going strong. But a lot of people have no idea that that's what it started as. No. Oh no. That it's so interesting. I'll I'll let you borrow the book because you just read these denominations and you're like, what, you know? You had one, uh, oh man, I wish I could remember it, but they were, uh, they were disagreed on how many times they should meet a week. Now this, this just goes to, and it, it really is a bad look for Christianity, I think, because it's like, guys, we have to get together and understand that there's first degree doctrinal issues yeah. and secondary, yeah. like our first our, you know, our primary doctrinal issues are like, who was God? Who's Jesus? How, how are we saved? And what we must do to be saved. Everything else, you know, the Godhead and the, the Trinity, yeah. everything else. Are those tertiary? Are uh, secondary issues? or tertiary, yeah. Is that what they're called? Issues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if, if you believe that uh, men shouldn't wear hats in church, well, I think that's a secondary issue. I don't think you need to start another <laughs> denomination right. or church because of it. But my... I don't know. My great, my greater point to that was, I don't know. Now we've been talking about it for 10 minutes. Right. I don't know what my greater point was. <laughs> it was good all Lord. good stuff. 
but I mean, we were just talking about how how there's a lot of verses that can support this idea. Thank you, and that's yeah. my point. A stulip. So a stulip, if you will. <laughs> so when you talk about reformed or Calvinist, uh-huh. you have, like you said, hundreds right. of verses through from the from you know Genesis to Genesis the maps, as they through say. Revelation. Genesis to the maps, as one of my preacher buddies used to say, the whole Bible. So it's not like this specific thing where it's like, oh, we'll take like these six verses right. and make a whole theology and cult the doctrines of grace you have hundreds right and it's it's things that like i said both the disciples the prophets the poets uh and the early church fathers all talked about wrestled with and some came to different conclusions right, right. but still a secondary issue if i meet a brother in christ and we believe in the trinity we believe in god being fully man fully god or jesus being fully man fully god the remissions of sin the atonement right all those things and he says, oh, but by the way, I don't believe that I choose my salvation. I, I think I have something to do with it. God like makes a way for me, but I ultimately choose. I'm going to still call him a brother in Christ. Right. I think by looking through that lens of theology, it can kind of damper your, uh, your sanctification and your walk. Not that I'm saying, you know, anyone who believes that is some kind of weak Christian. I'm just saying for me personally, uh, when I look at the Bible through the reformed lens, it has only strengthened my resolve, mm-hmm. helped my sanctification process, blessed me in the process of giving glory to God. Right. And that's the only reason why I espouse to that. One, because I believe it's biblical. Two, because I see its actual work in my life and strengthening my relationship with Christ and my walk and my faith and my sanctification. Right. And, and I, uh, just to piggyback on that, I don't have so many red flags within these teachings. Right. Because it's not so confusing that it's, you know, and I, I mean this with all sincerity and humbleness, but, you know, if it if, if it goes into the prosperity gospel, sure, I can speak things into being, I'm my own God, I need to roll around on the floor just to show that I'm a Christian or that the spirit is inside of me, like all these different things, you know, I, I don't know that I, I would want to be a part of a chaotic, sure. you know, gathering. You know, right. um, these, these are things that, um, in the reform teaching, I feel that there aren't many things that you, you, you do have to struggle with some of the, oh, some sure. of it, you know, but I, th- I think the, the end conclusion, because you have so many different angles of learning it, yeah. you know, with so many different verses from the Bible, you know, the word, yeah. <laughs> you know, became life. We're learning from God's word. The Theanustas, the mm. God-breathed word, you know. This I didn't know you like, were fluent in Greek now. I am absolutely fluent in uh, Greek. Did you learn that on a meme? And actually. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I learned I'm that from messing. Dr. James White. Maybe you heard of him. That's his favorite Greek Maybe term, you sure. heard of him. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, I try to keep my ear bent towards the Greek stuff. Yeah. And like, I always end up forgetting. There's, mm. there's just a few a few terms we should just learn you know. it together. we should yeah we should man. just be like let's do it let's I'd take totally three begin, to four man. years of our life Psh, be more than that well i think we could get a basic understanding in four I mean, years don't you think i don't know bro no that's a really hard line. have you seen it it has taken me 18 years to understand spanish so oh really it's take <laughs> taking me 39 years to understand english <laughs> el loco poco <laughs> <laughs> Now, now, Larry, now, Larry, now, Larry, let me finish, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> Fool me once, shame on me. Yeah. Right. Fool, fool me twice. 
What I'm saying is once get fooled, can't get fooled again. <laughs> That's an actual quote from George W. Bush. It's my favorite quote of all time. Please, anyone listening, go look it up. Just type in George W. Bush, get fooled. Oh, He's trying to awesome. say fool me once, yeah, yeah. shame on you, fool yeah. me twice, shame on me, to 40,000 <laughs> people at that. a live event. And he literally <laughs> says, fool me once, shame on. Yeah, and you yeah. can see as soon as it, it's like going off the rails. Well, He's already forgotten the, it. Yeah, what's the new shame one with on Biden? You, you fool me twice. Once yeah. get, what I'm saying is once I get fooled, can't get fooled again. <laughs> he recovers nicely. Well, the new one with Biden. What, what's the new one with Biden? He's like, uh, uh, he's trying to say these these four, these things in the... Oh, the self-evident, the creator. Self-evident. And the ev- you, you know, know what the I'm thing. talking about. You know. the, the, the guy with the... Cre- uh, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, that's sad that, did, that dude's I, losing it i love america he's got early stage dementia and they're yeah. still propping him up to oh, run man dude I, well you saw just at the dnc at the whole dnc not to get all political oh, here it was horrible but it was sorry he, he comes Whoops. on with his wife and he says i'm joe biden's husband yeah yeah <laughs> and he's standing next to his wife and she kind of looks at him like oh boy here we go and at that point it's like live yeah, zoom i know you can't right? start you know dubbing it in post or anything Jeez. and he says lady 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 he calls his wife lady like eight times yeah, yeah. and i was like look at <laughs> i'm gonna tell you right here whoever's listening right now uh i have nothing in common with democrats okay <laughs> at all <laughs> but boy do i feel i feel sorry for for mm-hmm. well maybe i shouldn't feel sorry for joe biden it's his own pride that's right. saying i should be president right but I seriously feel there's a I can team fix everything. Of, there's a team of people behind him oh, just totally. pushing him. Oh yeah. And propping him up and like, do it. Right. We'll figure it out once we get there if we win. Yeah. You know? But the guy is I had two grandparents that went through dementia and he is and I'm not just saying this uh because I don't like him as a candidate, but the, the stuff that's going on, that's early stage. Yeah. You're, he's trying to push through and he has good moments. Right. Just like people with early stage dementia do early onset dementia that then eventually sometimes will get to Alzheimer's. Uh, but he has a lot of times where you can just tell in his eyes that deer in the headlights look, Yeah, that's just his, his brain and his mouth is not connecting. Right. And that is a scary thing. Yeah. And now he's, but, and it's scary. To, it's gotta be scary to him because he's doing it in front of people and cameras mm-hmm. and then it's recorded. Right. I mean, if you just take clips of the last six months yeah. of some of the insane things he said, you go, why are you guys even, I know. Why are you running? He's going to he's going to run. Yeah, he's going to run the country. If if you know? he wins, he's probably literally going to get sworn in on the 20th and then and then, and then Kamala Harris then is retire take on the over. 21st. Yeah, exactly. I mean it's that's rough. And COVID's going to be gone by November 4th. I'm calling it now. <laughs> You're calling it now day after election. <laughs> Actually no, November 3rd right around 11:30. Uh, they're going to say, yep, nope, it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Joe Biden won in the... Yeah. I mean, look, at, here's the thing with that. Uh, if you talk to people that just don't sit in front of a television or sit in front of their phone all day and yeah. watch the news, any type of news, mm-hmm. MSNBC, Fox News, CBS, I don't care what it yeah. is, cable news or whatever, and they're actually out doing things, mm-hmm. right? Like... Uh, like how you do, you and Mandy, mm. me and my wife, I'm around homeschoolers that are out doing stuff all the time. Right. We're taking our family places. We're going on trips, mm-hmm. right? That don't focus on that. They're like, yeah, I'm good. What? Right. There's, there's really not a whole lot to worry about. Right. When you are just just zoned in on that fear box uh-huh. or that fear tablet or that fear phone oh, yeah. where it's just like fear, fear, fear. Uh-huh. You need security, this and this. It's like, dude, especially Christians, mm-hmm. a lot of Christians doing this. Yeah. And I'm like, 
the Lord has not given us the spirit of fear. fear. Yeah, exactly. Like, do not fear. That is a direct <laughs> commandment from Jesus, from God, in right. the Bible, all across through 66 books. Do not fear, right? for I am the Lord. Uh -huh. Do not fear. I have not given you the spirit of fear. Yet, I have many Christians and most of the world living in that, that fear. That constant, constant fear. Constant yeah. fear. And It's hard I mean, to have a conversation. Oh, when it's it is, and it's that way though. Because you know, well, and even trying to speak truth. Well, for me, because it, it just doesn't register. You know, yeah. Like I don't, and I'm not saying that from a place of like pride. I'm right, saying that from right. a place of like humbleness. Like, thank you, Lord, yeah. that you have not given me the spirit of fear, mm -hmm. but of peace and love and a sound mind. Right. Because when someone talks to me like that, it's like, oh, this, that, and I go, yeah, man. Uh, you've been watching Fox News, haven't you? <laughs> you've been, you've been watching. Yeah, you've been watching Fox. Been watching Good and, Morning uh, America. And the, the view. Oh gosh, <laughs> those squawking chickens. Man, somebody, uh, somebody brought up. They hadn't watched any daytime TV mm -hmm. in like ten years or something like that. And they decided last week or the week before that they were just gonna check out some some of the daytime TV. Okay. So for five hours, six hours, they were sitting there watching. You know, uh, I don't know uh, even what shows are on now. Good Morning America. I couldn't tell um, you. Uh, whatever they are, the view sure. and all that stuff. Yeah. And it was all just just fear and uh, Trump is bad. Sure. Biden is, you know, he needs to be in the, in the White House. Like, it's all just, just liberal talk. Yeah. Liberal speech. And, I mean, you know, it's like, hey, everybody has their own view, but these stations are just directly going after the Republican narrative, you know, sure. and just pushing it. And I mean, when it comes to Christianity now, it's like we're supposed to bow down to this new liberal wokeness, you know, and we and all of a sudden we can't even have a voice. In, yeah. You know, as a conservative Christian, as you know, as a reformed Christian, really. Sure. I mean, you know, if, if you don't piggyback on the social justice stuff, you're X, Y and Z. You know, you're you don't know who Christ really is. Yeah. You know, it's all this, all this narrative and it's, yeah. It's tough for me because a lot of people know me as uh, a political guy, mm -hmm. right? So I was interested in politics, even in, in high school, mm -hmm. like everyone else was doing like their senior English project on like the smashing pumpkins in my new Mustang car. Mm -hmm. And I was like, nerds. I'm, and I was doing it in the buying of Congress. Like literally. Wait, you're the nerd. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Went out, found this, all these books and just exposed all these congressmen and congresswomen who were like using interest groups for trips to Hawaii and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. So that kind of, kind of corruption and politics always interested me, but it's hard for me because it kind of, sometimes it crosses over. People are like, well, you're putting your politics before, or you only believe that because of your politics. And it's like, no, first of all, I'm a presuppositionalist. Mm -hmm. I believe my, my worldview is the Bible is real. The Bible is inherent and God is Lord of all creator mm -hmm. of everything. Mm -hmm. That's my worldview. So everything that filters down from that, whether it be politically or whatnot, and Doug Wilson says a lot about this too, is because of that worldview, mm -hmm. right? So when I'm talking about social justice or woke Christianity or defund the police or victimism or you know all these things, it's not because I have a conservative political worldview. Mm -hmm. uh, that just happens to line up with what the Bible says right. in some parts. And don't get me wrong. I'm a registered Republican, but I got, there's a lot wrong with the Republican party. Oh yeah. There's a lot wrong with the democratic yeah, I mean, party. Trump's not our savior. Trump's yeah. not our savior. Uh, and Jesus was neither one of those political parties. Right. 
Uh, I always joke and say he was probably mostly libertarian. If, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you really want to get down to it, uh, he was all about self responsibility yeah, and do you know? Right. You know, I saw a pastor quote uh, on our Instagram account on uh, Dead Men Walking podcast, and it was a quote from a pastor. And, he, and I'm going to paraphrase, but he basically said, like, when you get up to those pearly gates, uh, you know, I'm f- or no, it was John Kasich. That's who said it. I'm sorry, John Kasich, the governor in, oh, in Ohio, when he did the Zoom or the. Yeah, yeah when he did the DNC thing. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's who it yeah. was. And he was like, you know, I believe in limited government too, but when I get up to the pearly gates, he's not St. Peter's not going to ask you about limited government. He's going to be like, how much, how many, how much poor did you? Yeah, how much did you help the poor? And we're trying to help the poor. And I went right there's the problem because he doesn't understand that Jesus made it your personal responsibility to give charity. Yeah, nowhere in Scripture does Jesus say, "Hey, create a government that Political steals party. money that steals yeah. money from people to then give it to other people." Right. He said, "No, you help the poor. Right. You clothe your brother. You turn your cheek on the other enemy, on your enemy. You, you, you. It was all." personal responsibility it wasn't go set up a government go set up a group of people go set up a nonprofit. yeah so anytime like these liberal christians or even the moderate and even some conservative ones say oh we have to have this this program or this tax for the this group of people that's not biblical right nowhere does it say that we do it through the government yes governments have been ordained and established by god and we covered that in an episode but jesus's mandate as a believer was no you do it right and here's the funny thing if every single christian in the united states took that individual mandate and just took care of their little part of the world their mm-hmm. little part of the kingdom we wouldn't need any of these social nets that the government right. offer right I mean, could you imagine? That's how it was 100, 100 years ago, yeah. 120 years ago. I mean, you had organizations upon organizations that helped. You had social nets, and we, we've talked about this. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but for me, it's hard because sometimes people think I'm crossing my, I guess you could say religious mm-hmm. beliefs with my political beliefs, and I'll just tell everyone here who's listening, oh, no, my worldview first and foremost right. comes through the Word of God. Oh, yeah. And everything filters through that. Exactly. Yeah, you know? man. Did you see that uh, Bernie Sanders brought up Nero in his uh, in his <laughs> speech? No. He said something about uh, Nero sat around and did nothing while... Rome burned? Rome burned, yeah. Okay. And uh, and I'm just like, wait a second. Was Nero was very to... involved. Yeah, he was, compar- he was pretty much Nero calling Trump. Trump. Yeah, Nero. But I mean... It, he obviously didn't know anything about Nero. He shouldn't have had that in his speech. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> Nero was doing some pretty crazy stuff, you know. And uh, and I think all of that was in Revelation. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Do you guys want to get into some post-mill? Let's get into some post-mill. <laughs> I think we should probably it's save, ju- I think it, I think we dude, should save that for another okay, episode. Okay, okay. So, but, but check this can, out. This okay. is the last thing I'll say about post-mill on this episode. Okay. But, uh, but post-mill is just really fun. Okay. Like Why? it really is, man. Because as you're searching the scriptures, as you're looking at history, you know, answering these questions, Matthew 24, Mark 13, uh Luke 17, 21, <laughs> right around there. I mean, a lot of this stuff you could actually prove had happened, you know, yeah. that it that it happened. And uh yeah, it's just it's just a fun subject. I mean, the more I look know? into it, the more I see uh when Jesus says this generation won't pass uh-huh. away. I see the destruction of the temple and, right. and Nero and all that stuff fulfilling that. Right. And I don't understand why everyone thinks it has to be like eons and eons away. Right. Right. I mean, if we, we take, so that whole chapter, we take Christ literally, and then you're going to wrap your whole eschatology around a line and say, well, that was figurative. Exactly. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. There's, there's just so much. We should, we should do an episode on post mill or, or at least scratch the surface of it. I mean, there's just so much. 
I mean, it's crazy, but I have, I have a few arguments, you know, that, uh, that might get people thinking a little bit towards post mill and be like, maybe I should look at this, but it's not heresy guys. It's not heresy. Well, for me, once again, end times eschatology, a secondary doctrinal issue. Right. Yeah. Uh, but once again, I think your the way you live out your Christianity, the way you live out your Christianity yeah. can be affected by oh, what you believe. Be. So oh, when it yeah. starts affecting that, mm, then we need to have a discussion. Because right? if the world's just going to hell in a handbasket, I mean, and you're just, you know, you're just like, well, I don't need to do anything. Then you did, you haven't read Matthew 28. And uh, yeah, you know, um, no, I find, but I find that in some of my reformed brothers, they just yeah. eventually become nihilist. Well, technically God knows everything and does everything and predestined. Yeah. So what, why do I have to do anything? Right, right. And yeah. that's too far the other way on the other right. side. Exactly. Yeah. So you want to, let's finish up here. We're yeah, coming yeah. up on the yeah. hour mark. Um, yep. Do you have anything else in our closing remarks for Irresistible Grace? I know we kind of got off on some other tangents like yeah. we normally do. Yep, totally do. But um, I feel like we're staying true to the people who are listening to us. I guess they wouldn't be coming back if they knew they were right. going to get 19 subjects yeah, yeah. in 60 minutes <laughs> of, uh, me, we, of me and you just... Right. We should rename this podcast ADHD. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, uh, uh, I mean, I, I do, do you know, have, do you know how many kids with, uh, attention deficit disorder it takes to change a light bulb? Mm-mm. Do you want to ride bikes? <laughs> Where's the laughter, man? Oh, no. Come on, man. Oh, oh man. Oh, too, it's too late. <laughs> okay. We'll just give yeah. a little one. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a I had a pretty big section in Romans eight. Let's just read it on our way out. We could. We you know, could. I, you know, okay. I love Romans. Okay, so Romans eight, starting yeah. in verse five. I'm going to try to make it through this. My okay. allergies are. Yeah, I probably should be doing the reading because your allergies. Oh, it's but... all good. It's all good. Romans eight, um, in the ESV once okay. again. Um, Romans eight five. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Mm. Those who are in the flesh cannot, cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Let me say that one more time. Hmm. Romans 8, 9, uh, part B. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. <clears throat> I could keep going here, wow. but there, I mean, this at Romans eight just hits it on the head. I mean, over so over. powerful. Yeah. So in the, yeah, those in the, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Right. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, drawn in, you know, by the father. Um, Absolutely. And, and yes, we can resist. We do realize at some point we can resist. Sure. You know, but when the father says, I want them, we get drawn yeah. in and we say yes. Well, I think, and, and just to sum up here as we're closing, because we didn't touch on it too much, but when, yes, you can resist a common grace, you can resist common grace of God, the good things of God that he provides even believers and unbelievers, but when God uh, saves you mm-hmm. 
and it is a irresistible sovereign grace uh, my wife says it so well she goes i couldn't even choose to make right choices in my life when i was not saved why do people think that i could choose choose something as glorious as god right and it makes so much sense to me it's like yeah. you know who am i so when god does choose to save regenerate the heart uh save the sinner that is irresistible because god is so great mm-hmm. so glorious so righteous so holy so awesome in all his splendor i would Amen. think that there is nothing less than if he comes to me that's like that's like saying oh well when i'm in the presence of god i'll be able to stand and talk to him face to face no it says when you're in his presence you are on the floor on your face right. in front of, in reverence and all of who he is mm-hmm. and i think when you understand who god truly is one of my favorite verses the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the lord is the reverence of the lord when you truly start to understand who god is i think irresistible grace makes a little more sense right. to you and in, right. in what that awesome act is of him being the author of our salvation love it yep well jake Uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Yep. Guys, we thank you for listening to uh, two guys ramble through an episode on Irresistible Grace. Hope you picked up something. As always, make sure you check us out on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Dead Men Walking Podcast. Also, Jay, didn't tell you this yet, so you'll be hearing this for the first time along with the listeners. Awesome. Just put a couple hundred shirts on order. So we got some really nice tri-blend American apparel dead men walking shirts coming so if you listen to the podcast you want one of those let me know we're going to be giving some of those away trucker hats we do need to design one yes, of those too. those will be coming next yeah but as soon as they come in uh i'll make sure i get you one too yep. jay and anyone else but as always we've been getting a lot of good responses on our instagram account mm. so you can see a lot of our stuff and also video clips of the episodes there too at dead yep. men walking podcast Make sure that you're uh, leaving reviews and comments for us, too. That helps us out on Spotify and Pandora and Apple Podcasts as well. So, as always, thanks for listening, and God bless. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dead Men Walking Podcast for full video podcast episodes and clips, or email us at deadmenwalkingpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to check us out at dmwpodcast.com where you can purchase the best and snarkiest merch on the internet, support the show, and leave us a review or message. Dead Men Walking can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Dead Men Walking Podcast and on Twitter X at Real DMW Podcast. The Dead Men Walking Podcast is part of the Fight Laugh Feast Network. For exclusive show content, be sure to download the Pub TV app and become a member. If you're a business that needs to reach hundreds of thousands of potential customers in your demographic, podcast advertising might be for you. Send all inquiries to Dead Men Walking Podcast at gmail.com. None your biscuits.